In November, we celebrate our caregivers for National Family Caregivers Month. Caregivers are our support system. They not only help us through the toughest part of our treatment, but they are also there to celebrate our winnings. They play a crucial part in our journey. And I know we as survivors can't thank our caregivers enough. My mom especially has been there every step of the way from making sure I ate nutritious meals to consoling me when test results didn't go my way. I know each of you have that special person or people in your lives. Today, we're chatting with two special guests, Jackie Harrogott, a director of partnership and engagement with Emmerman Angels, a wonderful organization with the mission to provide comfort and understanding for all cancer fighters, survivors, pre-vivers, and caregivers through a personalized one-on-one connection with someone who has been there. And Lori Wallace, a cervical cancer survivor herself, who is now a mentor with Emmerman's Angels. Welcome to the show. Thanks again for joining us today. We have two guests on the episode today. Jackie Harrogott from Airman's Angels and Lori Wallace. And so I'm happy to have both of you on on the episode today. So today let's talk, let's start off with Jackie. So Jackie, can you tell us a little bit about, since it's caregiver month, can you tell us a little bit about caregiving? Sure. Um, I have tons of experience with it. Uh, So basically what we consider a caregiver is Um, anybody that is helping somebody go through an illness, specifically cancer, obviously, um, taking them to the hospital, working through the logistics of appointments, um, making sure that they have their basic needs, making sure that, um, you know, they can get through this experience, um, as peacefully and, um, I don't know calmly, uh, comfortably as possible. So really making sure that they're there for that other person, Uh, usually a loved one, you know, uh, or even best friend or, you know, however it be, but really being that person there to support that other person going through the diagnosis. I mean, I think all of us as, you know, patients, uh, cancer patients, we always have that one person or a couple, like our tribe, right, that we fall back on. And oh, can be multiple yeah. people or just one, really. But I think, you know, caregivers are like, you know, it could be our parents, our family, friends, even, mm-hmm. you know, our spouses, um, even our children, right? Sometimes, depending on mm-hmm. our age, you know, children are, can be our caregivers as well. And I know that you have um, some experiences being a caregiver, right? That caused, that kind of motivated you to join Emmerman's Angels. So could you give us a little insight at like, you know, your background of that? You know, I know you defined caregivers like that, but really it it kind of is, you know, that experience, life experience, right? That called mm-hmm. you into this role? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, prior to knowing anything about Emmerman Angels. I had lost uh, my grandmother, my aunt, my mom, uh, my uncle and grandfather all passed from cancer. Um, So, you know, that is a little bit of the history. Currently, my sister's going through uh, stage four breast. um, Oh my goodness, I'm so so, sorry. Thank you, yeah. So it's a lot um, and, you know, do what we can to, to carry on and, you know, 
I know that's why we're here today to talk a little bit about <laughs> So, yeah. Yeah. And then the, that, that kind of motivated you to just start working with Immerman's angels, right? I mean, oh, hand that, what led you to this? I mean, sure. how did you kind of get involved in Immerman's angels, I guess, from the, your caregiver experience? Yeah. It's the fuel to my fire, no doubt. Um, you know, so I, previously before hearing anything about Immerman Angels obviously carried this experience and didn't know what to do with it and I knew that I had to do something with it right like turn the negative into something positive and before hearing about Immerman I I barely knew that there was a thing called a survivor because in my experience really everybody that I knew that got diagnosed didn't make through mm. cancer and yeah. so learning that there was this thing called a survivor, this person, this title, whatever you want to say, like that ignited me because I was so terrified, you know, when you have all your family members like that passing away from cancer, it's not really a good trajectory for yourself. And this is obviously prior to knowing genetics and all of this, you know, I was very uh -huh. young, but watching this around me and knowing, you know, these diagnoses were happening. Um, it definitely impacted, you know, my long-term thinking of where my life was going to go and, um, being introduced to Immerman angels and seeing the first real like survivor was Johnny Immerman. And, you know, <laughs> if anybody's ever met him, he's a, he's a ball of energy himself. And like, you know, it's just so great to have an inspiration like that right from the very beginning. And so learning about Immerman Angels and the mission, uh, knowing that when I was going through my experiences, nobody understood what it was like to be a caregiver. Nobody understood um, because I was a lot younger than a lot of people mm -hmm. that were my like age that I had an older mom, which means I had an older family as a whole when right. she had me. So, you know, my mom passing away at such a young age in my friend area was like unheard of. Yeah. You know? So none of my friends knew how to support you know, their, their parents' parents were still alive. And here I was losing my own parent, right? So they were, they didn't understand any of this. And so I felt very isolated and alone of like, who can I talk to that understands how terrified I am? You know, I was a new mom at the time too. And like oh, with goodness. my mom going through it. So it's like, you don't get a guidebook to being a mom, right? You know, mm -hmm. nobody tells you how to be a good mom and definitely nobody gives you a guidebook to be a caregiver. Right. I needed that. I needed that. And I didn't have it. So when I heard of Immerman Angels, I just instantly was like, oh, I wish I could have had this. And mm -hmm. so now that I know it exists, I'm going to be that for someone else. So, so I know we talked a lot about Immerman's Angels. We mentioned it, but, mm -hmm. you know, or we, we mentioned it, but really what is Immerman's Angels? I mean, what, what organization is this? Can you, can you give us some insights into like the mission and, and things like that? For sure. Absolutely. My favorite uh, topic here is uh, <laughs> to talk about this. So it's super simple. What we do yeah. is we connect people that are going through the cancer journey. Doesn't matter if you're a cancer fighter, survivor, thriver, whatever you title or untitle yourself, if you have been diagnosed, oh. 
um, or you are a caregiver, as like I had already mentioned, um, or you're even a previver, somebody that's uh, predisposed to receive a cancer diagnosis, we can connect you to someone else who's been there, done that. Going through the experience, um, talking about the treatments, talking about the diagnosis, talking about all the things that happened around you, the impact of cancer, the side effects, we can connect you to someone who's been there, done that completely free. It's a one-on-one -on -one experience, which is very different than a support group. Both are useful, but yes. they're very different. Uh -huh. And so we connect you to what's called a mentor angel, hence Immerman angels. Angels, got it. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And, you know, it allows you to have these really impactful conversations where, you know, you can get any answer any of your questions um, answered from somebody that's been there. Now we're not medical, definitely. Nobody's there to advise on medical mm -hmm. um, questions, but you know, you can talk about what was the treatment like, you know, what, what should I prepare ahead of time? These kind of questions, but not should I do this or that because we are not a medical team and we don't pretend to be so. I love the fact that it's not, it, it provides that support and the fact that you're not alone, right? Because I think a lot of us go through this and you talked about the isolation before, mm -hmm. especially for patients and also for caregivers is, you know, there, there has to be someone that's been out, that, out there that has experienced the same exact thing. Mm -hmm. And I love the fact that you're putting them together, kind of like almost like a matchmaking service. Like exactly. You put it together and we'll yeah. go into the details about how to become an angel in mm -hmm. a little bit. But, and I love your, the motto, right? The, the, I guess it's the, the motto is no one should face cancer alone. Mm -hmm. And I read that on the website because I just thought, what an amazing line to, to, to have, because it's true. A lot of us, even, especially during the pandemic, we felt like we were alone, you know, not just, you know, but just in the general, we felt like we were alone and isolated. And the fact that you guys are, are making sure that everyone is not alone, whether or not you, like you said, you're whatever diagnosis or pre-diagnosis, right. Or you're a caregiver that just needs somebody to vent to, to understand the experience that you're going through. It, it's mm -hmm. such an important aspect to provide to people. And I think it's, it's a unique aspect. Like you said, support groups are great, but it's, it's sometimes just having that one-on-one -on -one conversation that makes you feel better about that situation. I, they can't resolve it. They can't take it away, but at least, you know, someone who understands you. Right. There's, I think there's uh, a lot of times. Yeah there's like an imaginary wall that people don't realize are there. And when you talk to somebody who's been there, done that, that wall falls down. It's yes. crazy. That's, that was my first initial introduction to Emmerman angels was the one, I mean, talk about men to be the woman that told me about Emmerman angels also lost her mom to lung cancer. We were the same age. We were both afar from our mom, at, you know, first, and we both like moved back to help take care of our mom. I mean, it was just nuts how it all just so happened to be that our lives were so parallel and this was in person. And here she is telling me about Emmerman angels. I had no idea what I was missing though. I didn't know 
how magical it could be to have somebody actually understand you right. and what you experienced until I had that experience, until I had that mentor per se, um, because I just didn't know I was missing it. And now, now I'm like, don't, I don't want anybody to miss that because it was such a healing uh, opportunity to have somebody mm-hmm. who got it, who understood it. Um, and who filled in those gaps that right. were created. That they've been through it and they understand mm-hmm. and they can kind of guide you through some of the things exactly. that you're going to experience, right? I think yep. that's also a key because I think a lot of people sometimes as cancer patients don't know what to expect or caregivers, right. you really don't know what to expect nope. when their loved one is going through a, a, a diagnosis like this or treatment, right? And right. so having someone paired up with them to walk them through this. And the whole line of, I understand what you're going through means something completely different when someone actually went through, Mm -hmm. like you said, the same exact thing that you were going through. And it feels almost eerie, right? That this person is like, you know, you've been through it and you're like, wow, it's like, I'm hearing myself talk sometimes. Yeah. And so I can imagine that connection you felt with your mentor, you know, Mm -hmm. and that you know, and, and the felt that, that, that also builds that great rapport that you can rely on this person, call sure. them, talk to them, email them at any time. And I think mm-hmm. that is such a, such a great, you know, support that you offer, you know, through Emmerman's Angels. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and I, I, I just, I just love the fact that, you know, it's also in, like, I, I also read in, on the website that it, it's in over 113 countries, right? Like, it's not mm-hmm. just in the U.S., right? So nope. our yep. listeners from yep. all over the world, I mean, definitely, you know, we'll go through the steps later on in detail, but, you know, I think it's such a great experience and great support uh, mm-hmm. offering that you guys offer to, to, caregivers and also patients, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We're global and all cancer types. So even if there's a listener that has been impacted by other cancer types or multiple cancer types, we do have that as well, you know, um, where it's, you know, people that are suffering for different, uh, diagnoses, all cancer related though. Um, you know, we can connect them with someone who's, who's dealt with those, or even, you know, as I was mentioning, like, and I always like to, to emphasize on this is that, you know, when you're a caregiver and you lose your loved one, that's a unique situation. Like with my situations is like, my experience was I had lost my loved ones. And so you go through these routines of being a caregiver and you're there, you're in the hospital and you meet these new people as like doctors and physicians and social workers. And you have this whole new group of I don't want to say friends, but like new people in your life. And then when your loved one passes, not only does the routine go away, but those people go away. Mm. Right. Yeah. Right. So you're, you're losing your loved one. You're losing your routine. You're, you're losing those people. And now what? It's not, it's not done. You still have to deal with the aftermath of like, you know, going through all these experiences of planning a wake, planning a, planning a funeral, dealing with the finances, dealing with their left, like their house, their materials, whatever, you know, there's so much that happens and mm-hmm. don't forget about the emotional baggage. Cause that doesn't yeah. ever go away. No, it doesn't. <laughs> You're absolutely right. And People I think it's, it's such a great experience. Like I said, I'm still, you know, I know I'm on it, but I mean, it's such a great experience. So you know, I definitely want to bring in another another survivor, Lori Wallace, 
who is also a mentor and uh, for Emberman's Angels. And I want to talk, ch you know, chat with her a little bit about her experience. So Lori, thank you for being on the show. Um, can you tell what, you know, tell us a little bit about, you know, how you, how really your story is. So let's start off with hearing your story. I know you're a cervical cancer survivor, but if you can share a little bit about that story and that background and how you started off with Emberman's Angels. Thanks, Jocelyn and Jackie. Yeah, I, um, was diagnosed initially uh, with endometrial cancer and was told I was gonna have to have all six of my organs removed, which was devastating because I'm childless. And even if I didn't think I was gonna be able to have children, at least I felt like I was in the same sandbox, if that makes sense. Yeah. But that was my lifelong dream is to be a mother. So um, ended up after surgery that um, I got a portal message saying alert, alert, alert on um, pathology of all things, mm -hmm. why would you have an alert on pathology that it was instead um, an invasive uh, cervical cancer and that they actually need needed to go uh, further and radiate uh, that now empty field mm -hmm. and do uh, chemo. So what was really hard about that was I woke up on the maternity floor. Oh no. And I was out to here about seven months pregnant looking uh, from all the gas that they infused. So for that one moment, I got to feel like I was like the other women, but at the same time, knowing that more was going to have to be done. So I didn't have organizations like Survivor or uh, Immerman Angels. Mm -hmm. So I kind of had to do it alone. So um, what happened was I did find Immerman Angels. I'm sorry, I found Survivor and um, a few years ago. So I've been a member a few years ago. Uh -huh. And um, at the same time, people heard my story that weren't related to Survivor, just in the community. And they wanted me to be with the families, the people I've never met. And so I had been known to sit at the bedside of cervical cancer survivors who were dying, who just wanted me to be there because nobody else understood uh -huh. what they were going through. So there were a few people whose hands I held um, as they were passing and whose families I, you know, sat with, right. um, so it became more of a one-on-one -on -one thing. Mm -hmm. And then Airmen Angels came to be when people actually from the cancer center said, you are really, because I'm an empath, a one-on-one -on -one person or a group, mm -hmm. I'm a facilitator as well. Um, so did you ever think of Airmen Angels? Airmen Angels and Survivor, are, they complement each other, but they are very, very different. Uh -huh. And so I will be with Emmerman Angels uh, about two years this year. That's great. That's great. And what is your role currently with the, with Emmerman Angels? I am a mentor. So, um, you know, someone like Jackie is going to get a hold of me and say, how are you doing with, you know, the people that you have right now? Are you okay? Do you want more people? Um, and you do give updates uh, uh -huh. on the people that you currently are working with. Um, and then I usually want more people. And um, now, because I was a caregiver, I've added, I actually had a caregiving, um, a person who was a caregiver with whom I, I mentored. Uh, but it is specifically a, a cervical cancer survivor. Okay. And um, yeah. So, yeah. That's great. So how is that experience? Is it like, talk about that experience? Because I know you mentioned a little bit earlier about you know, why you got started with it and that feeling the same thing with Jackie, she felt that isolation, right? But, you know, now that you're a mentor for cervical cancer patients, 
or anyone that's diagnosed in the same, but tell us like your experience with that. You know, how is that, is it fulfilling to you? Like, how is that being helpful? You know, like talk about that experience. So it's very different because for, well, actually almost 30 years, because I first started out, um, cancer has been trying to get me for almost 30 years. I had a high grade cervical cancer when I was 20 years old for almost 30 years. So that's when my advocacy started. But um, with Immerman Angels, I kind of put my story aside. It's all about me listening. Mm. You have to put yourself and your story aside. And your story does not come into play unless that mentee wants to hear it. Um, because at this stage, they're so fragile. They can be, you don't want to trigger anybody. Yeah. Um, because some people may be entering a stage of PTSD. So you just want to listen. Uh -huh. We are supplied with a lot of material. So if they do ask questions, we're giving consistent information all the time. But knowing that that person um, who probably didn't even want to in some cases didn't really want to talk about it because they're so scared yeah. or they're freaked out by it. Um, but when they hear your voice, sometimes it lets them open up and um, sometimes they want to just go, okay, I can't do this right now. Um, you know what? Can you text me later? I'll text you later. Sometimes that's enough. Oh. Um, other times it's, um, I'm going to go in, I'm going to talk to my doctor. We're going to discuss, you know, our treatment modality or surgery. Um, you know, we're going to talk about what my options are. Can I get a hold of you? Can you get a hold of me on Wednesdays, Thursdays, blah, blah, blah. And so I do. Uh, but again, it's only to be there to say, what have you found out? Where are you right now? And how can I help you in the process? So there's so many times I have to sit on my hands and I have to kind of bite my tongue um, because it's not about me. It is completely right. about them and their experience. And it but makes me feel yeah. like I'm able to kind of pull their um, pain away, yeah. their anxiety, carry it for a bit and place it over here so right. that I don't become overly, you know, um, it, to, you know, just overwhelmed with it myself. Yeah. And I hold it for them um, until we talk again or text again or email again. I think it's great because, you know, it's almost like we always talk about sharing our story, right? And sharing our experiences, but this is a different way of sharing your experience, right? You're, you're compartmentalizing a little bit, like you said, and really just sharing just a little bit here and there, right? Like talking to them and telling and, you know, sharing with them what they need. Right. And that's that's the key thing I hear from you is that it's a different way of sharing your experience, because for all of us, we always share experience by talking about it, talking about it. But yes. listening is also very important and sharing when it's ready, when they're ready to hear it. Right. Or when they're ready to acknowledge. I think that's a really important step for this, because I, I think we like we said, we've always talked about sharing our story in one way. But this is a great way, a different way of sharing your experience with someone else. And like you said, kind of taking it in, listening to them first, seeing what they need. And then, you know, slowly, you know, being there when they need you. And also, I think, you, like you said, you're putting your survivorship into purpose, right? This is, 
creating purpose in this organization. You know, I talked about this in other episodes as well. And being a part of this podcast, I think has gave me a purpose in my survivorship. And I see it for you, Laura, you're, you're really putting a purpose for your survivorship. Like, yeah, cancer tried to take you for 30 years, but guess what? I'm, I'm going to make it worth it. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to do something about this. So I'm so happy to hear about this. And also, you also are a mentor, you mentioned earlier, uh, as a for caregivers, right? Because you were also a caregiver, right? I was. Um, my nana, my mom's mother, moved in when I was a very little girl. And um, I was about nine. So at the age of 11, I used to have to start making her lunches because my mom worked. Uh, so I would have to start making her lunches. She was very traditional. So she could tell if you microwaved her tea water, so everything had to be boiled. Everything had to be just perfect. Exactly three prunes on top of her, you know, her cereal. And she had dementia. Uh. So I took, she was at home and I had to, um, she was in the room right above me. Mm -hmm. So as it got on through life, when I was in my later teens, my step, my stepfather would come in and say, your mom's tired. She's exhausted. Please go downstairs and change your grandmother. I think she's got, she has a wet diaper. Um, I would hear my, my Nana scream nurse repeatedly as I was trying to sleep. And I would get up and try to change her, which was difficult because she was physically combative because right. of the dementia. Yeah. Um, so it was hard on a young person. Mm -hmm. um, but that was most of my young years. She finally was moved to a care facility um, when I was um, in my later teens, 19, but I still went there with my mom. I would clean her room, take her laundry because we would hand, we, we, would, we would do her laundry ourselves at home. Yeah. And um, she finally passed when I was 21 years old, 20 or 21 wow. years old. So basically my entire memory of my childhood, teenage years was of taking care of her. And then my, I was, um, my sisters and I uh, took care of my mom, um, who was my best friend. And uh, I saw her at least three to four days a week and then every single Saturday. She passed in 2016, but I was responsible for her showers, her massages, um, a lot more prior to that. Uh -huh. um, the times that she would fall, multiple years in a row, I would have to leave my home and my partner and have to go from work, sleep on her couch so that if she tried to get out of bed, I had to get up through the night and I ended, right. staying, I ended up staying up through the night Yeah. so that I would take care of her. You know, as a caregiver, we said earlier, you know, parents, grandparents, we, we still, you know, we're in a day that we you are still caregivers, you know, and, and even a little bit, I think, I think we, we don't, you know, like Lori said, you know, sometimes we do little things, but that's still caregiving, right? I don't think there is a limit on what caregiving is, as long as we're giving care, hence the word caregiving, to somebody, I think we, you know, you are a caregiver, does it mean large capacity that you're living in with them, or small capacity, just making their breakfast, I think that's part of caregiving. So um, thank you, Jack and Lori, so much for both of you, actually, Jackie and Lori, for sharing your story. Now, I want to kind of go back to Jackie about, look, let's go into detail because Lori shared her experience with Emmerman's Angels and now that she is a mentor. Now, and I know, Jackie, you mentioned that there are, you can, you can there are angels and then there are also the, the mentors, right? So 
you know, our, our angels. Could you kind of define those roles? And then how, if anyone's interested, right, how do we sign up for or request an angel? Sure. Um, yeah, I would say, so there's what we call people looking for support, mentees or support seekers, right? So all of these kind of the same. Um, and so it's someone that's, you know, needing to talk to someone else and having that support there. So they would just go to our website, you know, and, and register there. It's very clear on the website, but uh, to, to register, you would go ahead and sign up there, or you can give us a call. Um, we have a phone number. So 877-274-5529 is the phone number. Our website is just immermanangels.org. Uh, and I'm sure you'll have that written. Yes, up. we will have that for <laughs> listeners later. Yeah, it's not always easy to spell. In fact, when I first heard about Immerman, I thought it was mermaid. But um, <laughs> I tell people that all the time. It is Immerman Angels. <laughs> it's just Got it. Here. I um, can see the confusion, though, because I, yeah. you know. Because what's it's Immerman, right? Like, right. Immerman, there is no, yeah. Um, so <laughs> there's that. But um, yeah, so we then connect you to someone else who we consider as your cancer confidant, your, you know, person that can really help you, um, as Lori so, you know, gracefully mentioned and, and was so great to define what a mentor angel is. It looks very different in every single situation, but, you know, what I will say is it is an opportunity also for you to give back and heal yourself. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, Lori, hopefully you feel that same way. I know every time I mentor, I feel like it's therapeutic and that is a surprise. I never expected that. That is not why I wanted to get involved was to help myself. It was to help others, but somehow it still helps you. So mentor angels are those volunteers that are there to listen and support and be that confidant when someone needs it, that peer. And so if you are in this situation where you feel like you have that, um, you know, need and, and you're ready to, to give back and you're willing to give back, it's nice because you're not tethered to the phone. Um, mm -hmm. You, you only get contacted when it is very specific to the experience that you have had. We do call you. We do ask you, are you available at this time? And you can decline. You can say, no, I'm moving or I started a new job or whatever the situation is. So you can, you know, decline. Um, but we always ask that you respond. If you are available, you know, we'll go ahead and get you connected. And then I think, Jocelyn, you mentioned it earlier. It's via phone or email or texting. Um, people nowadays are doing a lot of video calls. Yeah. Sometimes people meet in person, but it's a similar thing. We go ahead and have you register on our website and give us a call. And um, training is pretty easy. The training is your experience. We can't train you on that, nor right. do we do, right? Um, and then we give you some uh, support by giving you a mentor angel guidebook and a video that walks you through some guidelines. We are always there to support you as well. So if you ever need additional resources or help, um, have questions about mentoring, you just give us a call or email us and we're there 
We're there to support you along the way. We could not do this without our mentor angels. Um, and, you know, we have almost 14,000 to date that have registered wow. to date, which is remarkable. And these are mentors, not mentees. These are mentors. Yeah. Wow, 14,000 strong. Look at yeah. It's pretty crazy, but like yeah. at the same time, we still need more. It is never enough. And I am so glad to say the reason why it's never enough is because cancer changes every day. And I am looking at the treatments changing since I have started at Emmerman almost, I started in 2012. And what I hear today is so different than the knowledge that like people had back then. It's so different and it's, it's exciting. I'm, I'm hoping to eventually just like not even need these resources, right? Cause there's cures and cancer yeah. like a cold. Um, but until then <laughs> in my rainbows and unicorn world, right? Yes. Uh, <laughs> or mermaid world as we, we mermaid world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I, that the fact that you said 14,000 strong, and I know a lot of people who were mentees, who mm -hmm. requested mentors, they themselves become mentors later on yep. because they see such value and purpose yeah. in this work. And they now cycle through and become mentors themselves yep. after, you know, in, in different ways, right? Yep, absolutely. I, myself, yeah. um, fortunately, you know, I started as a caregiver mentor. Um, when my sister got diagnosed in 2019, I became a mentee. Uh, because I needed support as her caregiver, right? Oh. Um, and then when I was actually taking care of her, I got diagnosed with skin cancer. And so I needed a mentor yes. for that. And now I'm a mentor for both the caregiving for my sister and wow. skin cancer mentor angels. So um, it's so valuable. Yeah. And you mentioned like you can, you can request for different things, right? Like, you know, you're like, if you could request a mentor for being a caregiver for somebody and then you yourself, like you said, got diagnosed with cancer, cancer. So now you want a mentor for that. So yep. it, it's kind of like that life cycle, right? You can request as you go, there's no limit. There's no, you know, restrictions on, you know, how many times you can put in a request. Because yep. I, I think this is this is valuable because you know I we all as as time progresses and life goes we need different support at different stages yeah and you guys are there to provide that support for those different stages of our lives right because mm -hmm. I mean like for example some people will have cancer like Lori and then later on have to become caregivers mm -hmm. like yourself and then they you know now I'm I'm tasked with another diff a different situation. Right. And you're there to help with each of those situations. Exactly. And with 14,000 mentors, they all have 14,000 or more different experiences. Mm -hmm. So they bring that with them. And yep. like you said, I think the training is, while it provides, there's valuable training on how to provide that support, as Lori mentioned, being a listener and things like that. But at the same time, it, your, the, the value that the, your mentors are bringing is their experience. Right. Right. And nobody can train them on that. Right. Oh. So, and they're unique, but at the same time, there's that crossover with people and that similarity. And that's what people are looking for is to be understood, to be seen, to be heard and to be valued in a way that people that haven't been there can't do, even though they try. It's just, 
it's just, it's magical what we do. It really is. And I know I'm biased, but at the same time, I've I've experienced it. So, um, you know, I really, you know, want to make sure that if there's anybody out there that's like, uh, I didn't do that much in cancer. No, don't feel that way. Your experience is always valuable. If there's somebody that's like, oh, nobody else gets it. I'm sure there is. We can find you somebody that has some kind of experience that's as similar as possible um, to have somebody there just to hear you. Um, I know a lot of my experience when I was going through this different situations, I was like, I'm afraid or I'm scared or I'm angry, like these different emotional roller coasters that you go through. And there are people that totally understand that. And to have that opportunity to voice those emotions is so incredibly valuable. Um, And I think people just don't understand the need of it as much. Mm -hmm. Because what we hear a lot of times is I wish I would have known about you when um, I got diagnosed. So when they become mentors, they're like, oh, you know, and a lot of people say, I saw your brochure. I didn't register. I didn't like, I didn't really understand what y'all were doing. Now I get it. <laughs> and they're like, I wish I would have. <laughs> yeah. This is why we wanted to talk to you guys, because I yeah. think a lot of people just don't know. They hear about it and you know, some, they get suggestions and recommendations to, you know, speak to you guys or email requests, but they just don't know what it is and, and what kind of service you guys provide. And I think this is such a crucial step for, for making sure that we're just not alone in this battle, right? Because right. there is someone there that really does understand, not just says it, right. but really understands what you're going through. And that's such a key vital support to have because, that's the thing. I think we talk about this. Our our caregivers, they're they're lovely and they take care of us and we love them for it. But mm-hmm. sometimes they really just don't understand what we're going through internally. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, biologically, right, all those treatments, all the diagnosis, they get it. Right. But internally, like you said, that emotional and Lori mentioned the trauma, right? The trauma we go mm-hmm. through is is something I don't think a lot, unless you have that battle scar yourself. Mm-hmm. You don't understand what that emotional toll takes on your life. Mm-hmm. So I want to, you know, bring Lori back and Lori, if you both can kind of give us some, you know, last thoughts to our listeners, right? I know we're, this is a magical, you know, as, as Jackie mentioned, this is a magical organization and I'm going to now associate it with mermaids because now it's stuck in my head because mermaids are magical. So I am, I'm going to like, you know, th- those things are now going together. Mind. Every time I think of mermaids, I'm going to think of mermaids angels now, but um, I just want to, you know, your last thoughts to our listeners. I think listening to this, I'm so encouraged to join as well. Um, I think we, you know, if you, if you're open and you're wanting to look up Immerman's Angels, right. But any last thoughts for our listeners? Yeah. I would you want to go um, first. Yeah. I would say um, if you think about a mermaid, a mermaid is somewhere that's off the waters, but not too far. And they're waiting for that. Someone who falls in is flailing, doesn't realize that there's someone there to sweep up and grab them and take them to shore. And if we can help, and I say this with Survivor, just one person, one life, make a difference, um, then that's one life enough. So imagine what you could do with more than one. Yes, I love it, I love it. And Jackie? Yeah, I would say, I mean, 
because we're working on caregiving conversations, you know, um, making sure that, you know, the caregiver feels that they, they have a space to go to. Right. Um, because a lot of times we'll have caregivers come our way and they're saying, I want to register my so-and-so to get this, you know, support. And we're like, yes, thank you. We can't uh-huh. really do that. We got to talk to the person to do that. But like, listen, we also can help you. And they're like, what? You're asking me how I'm doing. You're asking me how I'm feeling. And so, you know, just recognizing that they too need support. And if they have the support, they will be actually a better caregiver for their loved one going through it. So, um, you know, just encouraging the caregivers to get that support that they need. Um, and we're here for you. That's great. I, I can, yes, we are, we definitely want to make sure our caregivers have that support because they are providing their support to a lot of the, the patients as well. So if they are, if they have the support that they feel that they can do their role and fulfill their role. And I love how Lori said, like, you know, really, and both of you, I think have said, everyone is welcomed, right? It, like mm-hmm. Jackie said, it doesn't matter if you're a patient or you're a caregiver, or maybe you have a loved one that's going through this and you really don't know how to provide care. Cause that's another thing, right? We just, sometimes we want to provide the care, but we don't know where to start. And sometimes maybe this might be a great place to find out, right? To find out what to expect, to find out all that information. So I want to thank both of you guys for your work in this fight uh, for cancer. And I, I'm so happy that you both are on the show to, to share your experiences. And if our listeners are listening, you know, definitely there are roles we can play in making our survivorship count. And both you, uh, both Lori and Jackie are making their survivorship count right now. So, you know, think about it. I think this is a great organization. So, and we'll definitely be able to share more details um, in our description, you know, on the podcast. So thank you both again for, for stepping in. Thanks, Jocelyn. Yeah, thank you. It's definitely an honor. Thank you again to my guests, Jackie and Lori, for being on this episode and sharing their stories and the remarkable organization, Emmerman Angels, who has made over 34,000 matches and counting. Remember, no one should ever face cancer alone. And whether you are a patient, a survivor, or a caretaker, someone is here for you. For more information about Emmerman's Angels, please visit emmermansangels.org. If you want to share your story, log on to survivor.com. Thank you again for listening and stay tuned for our next episode. 